Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. It's early in January in 2016 here in London. It's a bit damp and cold. We could have headed out to the January sales, yet we have chosen to be here. Knowing, perhaps, that there is much in life that money can't buy, and much in life that is priceless. Here, we value community, the deliberate choosing to be together with others, knowing, perhaps, that together we can achieve so much more than alone. We'll spend this hour together, and in this time, we can open ourselves to the power of transformation, to fresh insights and new ideas. Because religious community offers both comfort and challenge, the opportunity to see our lives from new perspectives and fresh points of view. A Unitarian community like this won't tell us what to believe or or what to think, but it will remind us that life is precious, that all are equal, and that what we say and what we do and how we choose to live our lives really do make a difference. So let's open ourselves to the power of transformation this morning as we take a moment to allow ourselves to settle, to fully arrive in the here and now. Having made the choice to be here today, let's make that genuine connection connection with ourselves, connection with one another, and connection with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth, God of our hearts and our understanding. And may this simple chalice flame welcome you all this morning. And may it burn brightly for us this day and remind us of worldwide connections with liberal religious communities such as ours in India, Romania, North America, Burundi, to mention but a few places where the Unitarian flame of justice, liberty and love is lit. May its light touch our hearts and guide our steps. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. 
Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned by God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. (coughs) Well, I guess you may have heard that story many, many times before. It's got a gripping series of themes in there, hasn't it? Mysterious travellers with faith enough to follow a wandering star across desert lands, met by the tyrant Herod with his oily words, warned in a dream that they should return home by another route. Travelling with gifts, they then offered on bended knee to the Christ child, that powerful, the powerful rather, bowing before the vulnerable. So I'm going to invite you to take some of these images now into our time of reflection and prayer. Let's align ourselves with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth. Let's allow ourselves to deepen and soften our sense of self, knowing that we are part of something so much greater than our small selves. And so let us pray for all that exists here on earth, that we might be guided in our life paths by stars, by intuition and inner guidance. May we sense our part in the greater scheme of all that is and know that we are not alone, though it is part of being human to feel separate at times. And as one, we probably know the inner tyrants in our own lives. Our need to have things our own way, perhaps. Or our conviction that the way we see life is the only right way. Yet may we remain open to far more expansive realities. May we in the year ahead increase our understanding of the tyrannical parts of human nature and align ourselves with all that allows love and trust and openness to flourish for all people. And even as we wish one another a happy new year, we know the reality that no year can be all happiness, no life can be 100% sweetness and light. 
So let us instead wish one another the strength and the companionship to deal with whatever life brings our ways. Let us pray for our human family that we might work together to find healing for the issues of our world. And in that spirit now, in a short time of shared stillness, let each of us send our loving thoughts and prayers to people and places we feel are in need of love and care. May the spirit of life and love be with us all and guide our steps this day and all days that we might individually and collectively find our peace, our fulfilment. Amen. We're going to uh, hear a reading in a moment that Alice is reading for us and we've copied it onto this hymn sheet because it's, it's long and complicated um, and got lots of ideas in it. Walter Brueggemann's epiphany. It, Walter Brueggemann is regarded as one of the foremost Old Testament scholars of the last few decades. He writes beautifully about the prophetic imperative as he describes it. And also about the value of poetic imagination. We have some poets here with us today. And that ability of human beings to communicate through poetic language is, is of real significance. Um, so Brueggemann in this reading is exploring the meaning of epiphany when old realities have been brought into question. And the potential for transformation when we let go of old certainties and seeming truths. Epiphany by Walter Brueggemann. The wise ones hurried from the east. They are the wise of the world. They are the ones wise in science, for they read the intelligent design of the stars. They are the wise ones of the economy, for they come with gold. They are the wise ones of politics, for they sought a king. They are our delegates as we stand carrying all the learning of the academy, of the market, of the laboratory, of the halls of power. They came tenaciously and eagerly and regally. They came and bowed down before your foolishness. They sensed the contradiction between his vulnerability and their sagacity, between his innocence and their calculation between his exposure and their many concealing robes of power. They worshipped him. They recognised that he called into question all that they treasured, so they yielded their best to him, their preciousness, their secret potions, their rich perfumes. And we stand alongside them with our wealth, our control, our smarts, our sophistication, our affluence. Give us freedom like theirs to yield, to worship, to adore, to have our lives contradicted. Give us grace like theirs to embrace the foolishness of the child, 
that the first will be last and the last first, that the humble will be exalted and the exalted humbled, that we may lose the world and gain our lives. Give us imagination like theirs to go home by another route, on the path where foolishness is wisdom and weakness is strength and poverty is wealth. Make our new foolishness specific, that the world might become, through us, new. Those of you who've um, who've got up close to me this morning will realise that I still have my Christmas tree tunic on that I was wearing on Christmas Eve. I think this is probably the last day of the year I'll be able to wear this, so it's a bit like the Christmas lights. I wonder where you stand on the issue of Christmas trees. People have surprisingly strong and varied views for or against the cutting down of living trees to adorn our homes in this dark time of the year. Some prefer an artificial tree. I have friends who have a living tree in a pot which they bring inside each year and then tend lovingly outside throughout the rest of the year, hoping that it'll stick with them. Others prefer a simple branch to decorate their homes. And of course it is a very ancient custom this bringing into our living space an evergreen branch or tree, symbolising the continuation of life in dark times, the potential for rebirth. (coughs) And there is something for me about the tree giving of itself for us that touches me. And so I was delighted, John, when John's our our own particular poet, and uh, he sent me one of his poems that you only wrote last year, I think, which explores this subject of a Christmas tree on the very last night of Christmas. So if you don't mind reading that now, John. Christmas closure loud enough Um, the prima donna sorry this is your final night festooned with fairy lights the prima donna of the forest where even malicious elves or witches could not deter you from being fully what you are a deity ablaze in the moonlight tribute to so many of your comrades stricken down, millions without memorials hauled off to serve as impediments to river flooding and the sea's invasions. But that's for tomorrow. Tonight, you still stand supreme, blazingly alive in the first night of this unsavoured year you have ushered us into. This is your immortal part reflected in the eyes of beaming children. For this, your stripping down, your extinction is an honour you lived and grew green for, bringing your silver beauty fully to us, completely incarnate. Thank you. Thank you, John. When I read John's poem, it reminded me of a a friend of mine who 
I don't know if you have a reaction when you see the discarded Christmas trees on the street at the end of Christmas and hoping that somebody will collect them and do something with them. And this friend got into the habit of saying thank you to each discarded tree that she passed on the streets and it, it helped her to feel a little bit better. This, this word epiphany that we've been exploring today, it can be de- defined as a revelation of the divine on earth. You, you might hear it defined in a more down-to-earth way as one of those aha moments when we see something in a new way, waking us up to new possibility, new ways of being. It points to our very human capacity to make meaning. As John saw the Christmas tree in his home on the last day of its glory and perceived its willingness to give of itself to us, so we, of course, are making meaning out of experience every step of the way in our lives. So, at the start of a new year, we humans often find ourselves reflecting on the year that has passed and the year that is to come. And though our defining of these chunks of time is somewhat arbitrary, yet it can be valuable, can't it, to to bring such a meaning to a particular time. A time of pondering and possibly realignment is, is useful in a life. We can stop and and think about the metaphorical stars that have been guiding our steps. We can perhaps choose another path if that now seems more fitting. We might consider what we truly value. What would have us bend our knee or disrupt our routines or give more deeply from within ourselves? The essence of epiphany is an openness to being disrupted and changed by experience. It's that potential for transformation in life. And that's perhaps where we can be of use to one another in this year ahead. When life feels stuck and it's not clear what path for us to take or how to respond to an event, let's remind one another that there are new ways to view the world, new ways to consider our existence, always more to learn and more to be revealed. And as those ancient wise ones brought their gifts to the child laid in a manger, guided by a prophetic imperative that took them from the comfort of home to faraway lands. Well, may we, in this year ahead, find ever more ways to bring our gifts to this world. Amen. And so let's step forward into this new year. This unknown land of potential and possibility, ever aware of ourselves as makers of meaning, as bringers of gift to this, our most precious world. Amen. Go well and blessed be.